0: Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process, so you can make decisions confidently and have your own back no matter what. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified reproductive specialist, and feminist mindset coach, and you've got episode 54. Hello, hello. Hello thanks for hanging out with me today. Over the summer, I have an incredible lineup of guest interviews that I'm going to share with you. I've had the privilege of talking to some of the most brilliant folks in the online fertility space, and I can't wait to share their knowledge and general awesomeness with you. In between these interviews, I'll be sharing solo episodes where you're hanging out with just me. Some of them will be new, and some of them will be my favorite episodes from past years. Today, I'm going to share one of my most downloaded episodes all about how to make decisions during your fertility treatment process. This episode originally came out about a year ago, and it was quite a hit, so I'm going to share it again. Before I dive into sharing that replay, I want to remind you about my upcoming free class. If you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, the webinar will be taking place tomorrow, Thursday, August 11th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you've ever asked yourself the question, how are my stress levels impacting my fertility outcomes? Or had the thought, I'm too stressed out, this is definitely going to screw up my cycle. Or even, ugh, I got that email from my boss last month and then I cried in the bathroom at work and that must be why my embryo transfer failed. Then this class called The Fertility Stress Solution is for you. I will be answering all of your questions about stress and fertility. What is stress? Does stress actually cause infertility? how to stress impact fertility outcomes, and how to manage and process stress during their fertility treatment process. You can sign up for free at michellekapler.com forward slash stressful, or just head to the show notes and click the link there to save your spot today. And yes, if you can't make it live, there will be a replay. Okay. So let's talk about making decisions during the fertility treatment process. In all aspects of my work, be it in clinical practice or while working with my clients virtually, the topic of decision-making is one that comes up frequently, and that's because infertility comes with constant opportunities to make decisions. Some of them are easy and effortless, and some of them require a lot more thought, How I define a difficult decision is simply that it requires mental effort and processing. The circumstances that led you to making that decision aren't inherently good or bad, but the choice itself requires thought and processing. Perhaps you need to weigh pros and cons. Maybe there are other people involved in this decision, like your partner or a care provider. The decision might feel like it carries a lot of weight and might come with a lot of uncertainty. So here are some examples of decisions that my patients and clients have found difficult in the past. Should I consult with a fertility clinic or should I keep trying without intervention for a few more months? Should I try another round of IUI or are we ready to move forward with IVF? Should I switch clinics when we aren't getting the results we're looking for or should I stick with our current care provider? Should I cash in savings or take out a loan or sell something to pay for another round of IVF? Should I consider donor gametes like donor eggs or donor sperm? Should I take a break from trying or even should I decide to be done with trying altogether? And those are just a few examples of the decisions that can come up when trying to conceive or going through fertility treatments. So there are a few types of reactions that I typically see in my patients and clients when it comes to making hard decisions. The first one is to consult many other people for their input. I have patients and clients who talk to their partner and their doctor, and then they talk to their mother and their best friend and their acupuncturist and their naturopath. And then they post in the chat room to see what a bunch of strangers think, which inevitably ends up with half of the responses suggesting option A and half of the responses suggesting option B. And at the end of all that seeking, they end up even more overwhelmed and confused because none of these extra people they have asked actually have the ability to make the decision for them in their own unique case. The second thing I commonly see is voracious consumption of information, the gathering of facts and general doom scrolling for statistics. This can also apply to requesting extensive and possibly unnecessary testing to collect more data. In this scenario, the person is looking to gather enough information that they will magically know the answer and feel completely confident in moving forward in that particular decision because there's finally enough supporting evidence to say that that is the right way to go. It's essentially a form of perfectionism because that scenario does not actually exist. Even with all of the statistics and data in the world, there is always going to be a little bit of doubt that creeps in with every decision. The third thing I often see is complete avoidance of the decision. And this usually comes in the form of numbing out or self-medication so they don't have to feel anything or think about it at all And I'm not just talking about alcohol and cannabis, I'm talking about any of the behaviors that we do to buffer over our emotions and not feel our feelings. This could be overeating, overworking, over-exercising, overuse of social media, overspending and online shopping, anything that we do to avoid feeling and thinking about that decision. Now, I want to offer that none of the behaviors that I mentioned just now are good or bad. There is nothing inherently wrong with doing these things, and if that's where you're at, that's totally okay. But in order to actually make a decision, move forward, and feel as confident as possible, these behaviors aren't super helpful in the long term. And most of the time, actually serve to make the decision-making process harder and more drawn out than it needs to be. So I just want to offer that and you can keep it in mind as you move through. So let's talk about some ideas for making decisions that I like to offer my patients and clients. There are a few things that I like to ask people to keep in mind. The first one is an exercise called a thought download. It's putting pen to paper and basically emptying everything out of your brain onto that piece of paper. It doesn't have to be long and drawn out. Just take five or 10 minutes and write down everything that you were thinking and feeling about this decision. I do want to highlight that I recommend using an actual piece of paper and writing utensil, writing down the decision at the top of the page and then everything else that follows. It's interesting to see what comes up and out. We can often access thoughts that we weren't even fully aware of, but are still contributing to our struggle with making the decision. Sometimes you might even want to write a question in your mind at the top of the page. If that's the case, try to answer them and make a definitive sentence. For example, something like, what if I have negative side effects from medication? You can write, I might have negative side effects from a medication. When we leave these questions unanswered, it keeps us in a state of confusion. From there, I want you to take a few minutes to go through your list and separate all of the facts. The facts are things that everyone would agree upon and that could even be proven in a court of law. They often have numbers or data attached to them. So just to give you an example, I am 35 years old is a fact. It could be proven in a court of law. Everyone would agree that you're 35. In contrast, saying something like, I'm too old to have kids without medical intervention is not a fact. Some would look at the age of 35 and think there's still plenty of time. And I'm too old to have kids without medical intervention is your interpretation of the data. It's just a thought. I want you to be really on to yourself about this. You'll probably find that the large majority of what you've written down is not, in fact, a fact. Most of it is just thoughts that your brain is offering you in response to making this decision. The reason why I like to recommend that people do this exercise is to show them that most of the noise surrounding this decision is their own thoughts and feelings about it. You might also discover some things that were inside your head that you had not previously given a lot of consideration to. And at this point, the crux of fertility struggles is revealed. There is so much in this process that we cannot know for sure that there are actually few pieces of true, reliable, unchangeable information, because as we know, even lab results can change from month to month, which can inform our decisions, but it's not concrete. So making the decision ultimately comes down to how you want to think and feel about it. And the good news is that you can decide ahead of time. You get to decide how you want to show up to the experience, and you get to decide to have your own back no matter what the outcome is. I want to elaborate on this. So let's take an example of moving forward with IVF, and maybe IVF is suggested due to your ovarian reserve being low that is, that your egg numbers are low, or maybe the egg quality is low. Options are move forward with the first IVF cycle right away. Or wait a few more cycles and try with medication and maybe timed intercourse and see if you can conceive that way. There are a few things that I like to offer. The first one is there is no way to determine ahead of time what the right decision is. I hear this all the time from my patients and clients. I just don't want to make the wrong decision. And the thing is that it's actually a thought error to think that you can make the right decision. There's no way to know what that right decision is by looking at the data. There is still so much that we don't know about conception, and there is still so much that medicine and science can't tell us. There are things that we don't even have language for yet. The second thing is, it ultimately comes down to what you think you're up for and how you want to think and feel about things a lot of this is actually coming from a very personal place because there's probably data to support moving forward with IVF and there's probably data to support waiting a little bit and maybe trying a few more cycles. So it ultimately comes down to what do I personally think that I'm up for? What is my mental capacity? What is my physical capacity? What is my financial capacity? All of that goes down into this decision that you're making, but ultimately ends up being pretty personal and nobody else can really answer those questions for you. The third thing, and maybe the most important thing that I want you to keep in mind is that making a decision and moving forward with it rarely feels good or happy or satisfying it often comes down to allowing yourself to feel pretty uncomfortable because uncertainty is really uncomfortable. I like to recommend that people set a deadline to make a decision by. Give yourself a day or a week to think about it, but don't give yourself too much time. Don't wait around for the time to come when you will magically feel completely confident one way or another, and that you will maybe even get a certified letter from the universe stating that the correct decision is this and this is the right decision to take things in because that just doesn't exist. Make a decision, like your reasons for making the decision, have your own back no matter what. And I will also add to that is that, allow it to be correct in your mind that making a decision from a perspective of, this is what I'm personally up for is a completely valid reason to move forward with a particular decision one way or another. Or maybe it'll be, I'm just not up for this particular thing right now. Making a decision and liking your reason for making those decisions and having your own back no matter what. That's the key here. I'll elaborate on what I mean with our IVF cycle. I like to turn it on its head a little with my clients. If you move forward with IVF and it's a tough experience or you don't get the outcome you want... Will you torture yourself with wondering if you should have stuck it out a little longer with your previous method? And conversely, if you decide to to wait a few more months and don't get pregnant, try IVF and then get an outcome that wasn't what you wanted, are you going to beat yourself up for not moving to IVF right away? This is what I mean by having your own back. It's really, really easy to beat the crap out of ourselves when we have hindsight, when we know what the outcome actually is. And it comes with thoughts like, I should have waited longer because that was an awful experience, or I should have done IVF sooner because I'm not getting the outcome I wanted and now I have even fewer eggs. But these thoughts don't serve anyone. Being mean to yourself Blaming yourself for making the quote unquote wrong decision without any of the information that you have in hindsight is essentially the reasons why these decisions are really hard to make. We are afraid that when we make the wrong choice and wrong being in quotes, because we only know that in hindsight, and then we're awful to ourselves if it doesn't turn out the way we had hoped. So if we decide ahead of time that we just aren't going to do that. What if we make that promise to ourselves ahead of time? What if we decide instead to have our own back and not beat ourselves up with the information we only obtained in hindsight? That we had no way of knowing when we were actually making the decision. No matter what you decide, you will have to manage your mind around that decision. You will feel positive emotions and you will feel negative emotions because you have a human brain. So fun, I know. But really, Isn't it actually kind of great that we have the ability to choose what we think and feel about something? So to offer you a tool, I've created a little PDF worksheet for you to go along with this episode. You can print one out for every decision you have to make, or you can download it once and simply use it as a journal prompt, or even a way to guide your decision with your partner. If you want to grab that, you can find it in the Fertility Stress Relief Toolkit. You can get that for free when you go to michellekapler.com forward slash toolkit, or you can find the link in the show notes below and just click on that easily to get access right away. That's going to be it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my dear.